Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sim Sundays podcast and this week for our news section I'm joined not only by the wonderful Christmassy Santa slash random call sign I'm also joined by George Morgan welcome both of you sirs thank you for thank you very much for having me <laughs> yeah great to be here <laughs> yeah. synergy so um <laughs> So our new our new uh, news section at the beginning of the podcast, the idea is that we wanted to cover gaming news before going into our interview uh, portion of the show. This week is going to be uh, Alessio Ciccolari, the guy behind AK Esports, the guy who puts on all of the SRO racing, Ferrari Esports, Lamborghini Super Trofeo. He's always in the background, but he makes a lot of the on-site activations happen. It was a really, really great interview. I'm excited for um, for this one to go out and get everybody's... Uh, everyone's thoughts on it because it's it's fascinating how much needs to happen behind the scenes to make uh, on-site esports activations happen and george morgan will know a lot about that having been to a lot of them and commentated on a lot of them but george is here to talk about league racing news so this is a new segment uh every single week we're going to talk about general sim racing gaming news uh, and then we're going to focus on esports so gaming esports interview gaming esports interview guests all right we'll call it guests from now on so that's that's the new format. We're going to try it out. Um, any feedback, as always, let us know in the Discord. Uh, I thank you to everyone who sent their feedback um, on, you know, random cool sign joining the podcast. I was a little bit nervous, uh, but it's, you've been very well received. They got lots of really okay, nice messages saying they enjoyed uh, that <laughs> section of the, uh, of the podcast. So, without further ado, what have you brought to the table this week? So, I would like to talk about how Assetto Corsa Two will have a really tall order to fulfill because of what Assetto Corsa has established and also Assetto Corsa Competizione at a small degree. I don't. I think it's it will be on a, situ, on a situation where Assetto Corsa has done so much that it's going to be very hard for Assetto Corsa to, to fill its boots. Hmm. Well, is it Assetto Corsa or is it the mods that have been made by the community in Assetto Corsa. Is it, is it's it going so to... what I'm saying is, 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 are we, are we crediting the success of Assetto Corsa and the high bar to Kunos or are we crediting it to the sim racing community or, or both? It's going to be both at uh, a different way. Cause, uh, we will look at, for example, Assetto Corsa Competizione. It doesn't have any modding. Um, it set itself a little bit different because they wanted to do uh, content that was licensed purely licensed for a leak and it also increased the quality of Kuno's content to a level that is very high but let's imagine that Assetto Corsa 2 follows that those steps it delivers a very high quality content base but no mod integration in the same way that Assetto Corsa has just like mm -hmm. it happened with our factor 2 will it be able to go over what the Seto Corsa has delivered. So, essentially, what a Seto Corsa was, it was a, a very simple-to-use tool that everybody now is accustomed to. And whatever else that the Seto Corsa delivers, or Seto Corsa 2 delivers, it might be a situation that it won't be received correctly by everyone. Just like happened with R-Factor versus R-Factor 2, or Automobilista 1 versus Automobilista 2. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're kind of comparing the initial launch of AC2 with a very evolved version of AC. Because when yeah. AC came out on day one, 
no doubt the day one release of AC2 will be far better. So in, in terms of comparing the, the studio releases, that's, that's, you know, that's, that, that presumably will be very kind of complimentary. But, uh, when you compare the evolved version, um, yeah, it is going to be, it is going to be interesting. And, and I think one of the things that will be fascinating is, uh, content manager. So everybody uses content manager to launch a set of Corsair. It's, it's the only game I know of where it's a minority of people that, that use the actual game when they're like, yes, they I double click the game icon to launch it. It's well, I did it recently, actually a couple of weeks ago in the office. Um, I double clicked on the Assetto Corsa logo by accident. And I was like, what the hell is this? And you get that video and the music yeah, yeah, and you yeah, get that yeah. tiny little menu. And I was like, oh, this is, this is the game. I forgot that this was the game because it had been like three years since I had opened Assetto Corsa, which is bizarre. So I'm interested to see how they approach that because they will have learned so much right so so you know kunos aren't dark kunos are a, a, a group of incredibly talented incredibly intelligent people who want to make games because they're passionate about racing like i've been very fortunate to meet most of the the studio at kunos and they all love racing and most of them race themselves right at, at various levels um so i have absolutely no doubt in my mind that they will have been watching intently all the progress that has been made on a set of course by the community and we'll be picking and choosing which bits they bring into AC2. So I do agree that they that AC has set a high bar for AC2, but I'm quietly confident in the studio itself to get this right. I have I have something a little bit on this on this conversation. Is like uh, we've seen. I think everybody has seen the four seed back FAC one versus AC uh, versus Competizione. Mm -hmm. Everybody prefers, or almost everybody prefers, the Assetto Corsa for Seedback. Imagine if they bring Assetto Corsa Competizione for Seedback into AC2, or a type similar to it, with no mm -hmm. way to to change seat uh, of pants, and the modding support is very small. Um, I think that's even if the for Seedback might be more evolved in it technically. A lot of people won't like it. Like a lot of people don't like a set of course of competition and force feedback. So all the small things might become something quite large when a mm. set of Corsa 2 launches. Unless it's exactly the same thing as a set of Corsa, but better graphics, uh, better engine. And I highly yeah. doubt it's gonna be like that. Mm. Well, maybe it's the it's probably the optimist in me. I just hope I hope you're wrong, man. I hope you I really hope you're wrong. <laughs> Um, but we're going to move now from very, very old, i.e. Uh, set of course, to very, very new. Uh, Rensport had their uh, patch 1.7 that came out. It's uh, promised some some physics um, update. We've got uh, a new track, the Orchard Road uh, Street Circuit. Uh, we've added some beta liveries, uh, which is exciting. They've got their league manager system. Um, and something which I was very nerdily excited about was an update to the UI, right? So the, the user interface that the gamers go through in order to, to get to a point where they are racing. I always found it very old school, considering like Rensport, well, you know, we don't want to talk about digital ownership. They, they, they mentioned they dropped that bomb right at the beginning and have been struggling to kind of recover from, from that stereotype that, that people have kind of placed upon them. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting to see they're very they're, they're super forward thinking, and yet their UI felt like looked like a Windows ninety five style uh, UI. 
Well, it's just UI, isn't it? It's, it doesn't really matter much because oh, it's not just UI. <laughs> it, it's just UI now. It, I know it's not just UI. UI is very, very important. But as long as it's straightforward, UI can always improve. As mm. long as it's not original Santa Corsa UI. <laughs> that was bad. I think. I'd be a nostalgia factor. Yeah, I think on the Rensport side, I think with the UI, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Tom. I think, you know, it's quite basic, I think, in comparison to various other sims that we have out there. But I think it's maybe hedging their bets in terms of priorities in a way. Uh, I would imagine they'll probably look at mm -hmm. the, the RT sort of stuff later on down the line. Uh, at the moment, I think it's all just around functionality at this early stage, just to make sure the key components work. Um, uh, obviously, they've spent a lot of time doing community stuff too, because the you know, the amount of championships we've now had, you know, major championships, we've had three, you know, but um, obviously the, the spring major, Gamers 8, and uh, then, of course, the fall season major that we've just had in Sweden as well. So there's been a lot of, uh, I think, community work in terms of, you know, sim racing, competitive esports, um, you know, just to get the, you know, the overall functions right within the game itself. Obviously, the I know the sim racers are having their input, uh, things of that nature. I think eventually going down the line before release, I think we'll see that that UI gets looked at, I would think. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And to be clear, I guess I have no criticism of the UI being basic. I'm more excited that it's being looked at now because you, you, yeah. like, no, no, nobody, the community will not complain about a poor UI if the cars drive well and there's a good community system built into, into the game. But my question is, do we think that Rensport is improving fast enough to keep the community interested because i think it's very much placed itself in an esports category and it's been met with mixed reviews I, like, I, i've driven it we've got the beta in the office um like it's it's fine i think i've always said it, it's not bad it's not something you, you're not we're not going to slam it and be like this is a terrible game why does everyone like it like it's a it's a good feeling game but if you compare it to ACC or even AC or, or, or Automobilista 2, it, I still can't see the differentiator that's like, bang, here it is, the future of sim racing. I mean, am I, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, the differentiator now, it doesn't exist. Uh, they have announced it uh, on Munich last year uh, about modding support and all of that. But at the moment, it, they can't really keep people interested because all we see is GT3 racing. And for GT3 racing, you go I racing, you go Seto Corsa Competizione. Even though, in my opinion, the driving for esports, it's the correct model that they have. But because they are not able to push through the idea uh, that Rensport is not just a GT3 game, then everybody will think of it of another GT3 game that probably drives worse. Doesn't really matter. And that, that's essentially what it, uh, what it is right now. They need to show mods outside uh, the spectrum or they need to show out, uh, content outside of just racing. They need to show something different. And maybe, just maybe, people will get interested in it. Well, I mean, they've already, I mean, they've launched the Praga R1 and they've got the Porsche Mission R. So it's not exclusively a GT3 game. And, you know, we were... Um, we were fortunate to have uh, Rensport on the... It's a Morris, the founder of Rensport. We had him on the podcast, and he made it very, very, very clear. He was like, Rensport will not be a GT3 game. Yep. Uh, I've heard the GT3 same from Purely for... I tested the touring car as well. Yep. Makes when I was... sense, right? Yeah. 
I tested TCR as well. Right, exactly. The, um, so that that was that was back in um, Sweden. So yeah, they've they've got they've got a whole host yeah. of stuff that they're bringing to the table. I, yeah. I tested a free roam in in Munich, and I tested other other stuff. I also tested the Praga, but that's not the message that is being put through mm. with the contents they create. It's one thing having a what ninety nine percent of their contents being GT three racing, and having the CEO saying this is not a GT three game. Even if there's content out there that is not GT three, yeah. then it's another actually going through showing that it's really not a gt3 game <laughs> and everything shows that is a gt3 game but it is i mean your your, your logic yeah. is undeniable to be fair <laughs> i am um, i'm particularly excited for the for the tcr racing T I, so I did too. a lot of tcr racing on uh on race room <clears throat> and i absolutely loved it um sim racing expo 2019 or 2020 i can't remember um that somebody dropped out of the uh, tcr race room race on the stage um, and Steve Worrell from race department at the time was like, Tom, go and race. We can't have an empty rig on this stage. And I was like, oh my God, I was so unprepared for this. But honestly, TCR racing was so much, so much fun. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see when they start to release that content. And I'm also excited to see what opportunities that will open for esports competitions that are different. So imagine getting TCR to, uh, an ESL stage, right? That would be that would be mm. epic. Um, however, we are we are we need to move on um, for because we're pressed for time. So we're going to go from really really big studios to really really small studios. So uh, we had two announcements in the last week uh, about some smaller games, um, expeditions, a mud runner game. I say smaller actually. Snow runner is if you look at is huge. GB, it's one of the it's one of the, the as a as a automotive game racing game whatever you would call it it's actually one of the the, the the largest player base but i guess in the sim racing world it's maybe slightly in the peripherals of of our focus um i never tried snow runner because i don't know what it is right i've never been excited by like snowscapes in games which sounds really stupid because obviously there's so much more to that game than just the fact that yeah. it's in the snow but it always put me off. But Expeditions, it's got a really catchy name. Expeditions, a mud runner game. Um, this one looks really interesting. Pre-orders are now open. And I'm excited to to give this very physics-based... It's probably a driving game. Let's call it a driving game rather than a racing game, a go. Yep. Yeah, just, just to add a point, Snow Runner is three years old. It has about eight thousand concurrent people playing at any given time, so it's not <laughs> so a it's small not game. A small game. <laughs> no, I think I think it's it from from like a hardcore sim racer's point of view. It's all it's like one of those ones that sits on the uh, on the edges of our world. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess it's 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 less in focus perhaps to our to our listeners. But you're right, it is the it is bigger than all the other games that we talk about. Um, a game that isn't bigger than all the other games we talk about, which I'm excited to uh, to, to try, is uh, Gene Rally 2. Um, Gene Rally 2, the early access, has been announced for the first half of next year. Uh, it looks it looks really cute, right? It looks nice. It's kind of like Art of Rally, Circuit Superstars. It's got that kind of cartoony, top-down look. It, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, toy, a toy car carpet. That kind of, <laughs> it's yeah. nice. It's nice to have the, that, that, those kinds of escapes in racing games or or something like that. I really, really miss the old micro machines. 
Yeah. Not the ones they had released like two years ago. I mean, like the really, really old micro machines that you'd race in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. games are used to be really good. Well, I'm excited to see more of the uh, more indie studios seem to be um, trying out racing games. Um, I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to South by Southwest uh, uh, Game Developers Conference in San Francisco and uh, Gamescom in Germany this year. And the amount of indie studios that I saw doing these racing games with enormous, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of indie racing games, most of which none of us here have heard of and more more of which i can't remember the names of right but i tried a lot of them and they're really fun so i'm excited to see uh more and more of these indie games um coming onto the scene but that is enough for our general news we're going to move on now to esports news and league racing news with george morgan first tell us what league racing report is all about your new venture yeah uh, thanks tom it is it's i basically spied a gap should we say in what we were currently producing um you know a lot of it was was kind of led with the fact that we've got lots of you know great stars in league racing and and sim racing in general that perhaps don't get the attention they deserve or at least proper attention you know uh, we've we've got quite a few young uh, new talents as well looking to burst through the ranks and and become future esports stars too and I, I just think it's important to sort of bolster the leagues at the same time you know give a little bit of helping hand of notoriety to those young drivers that are now uh, really pushing and and making a name for themselves, and you know that that's what I feel is important. The community response has been unreal. Uh, I think over the last two days of us, you know, in a, being in existence now, we've captured the imagination of many. We're we're working with a numerous number of leagues and uh, things of that nature. We've got the commentators now becoming contributors and editors, producing videos, uh, which mm. is fantastic. I saw so contribution. Yeah, she's she's getting involved. We have got Nathan Richards uh, as well, who stepped up now, and he's he's joining the fraternity. And we've got many of many others. We've even got an Australian branch now that we've opened up as well because we've got um, the nice. uh, rapidly growing Oceana. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the Oceana side has been growing rapidly with their with their championships too. <laughs> Great. Okay, so what's been happening in the last week? What what have been the highlights? Well, we've got quite a few. Uh, I mean, looking at PSGL in itself, Cameron Dowds, 14 years of age, uh, won at Singapore Marina Bay uh, earlier on this week, well, late on last week. Um, literally, yeah, 14 years of age, won by 10 seconds, top tier of uh, of F1 uh, <laughs> oh league racing. Round of course, I'm having a hemorrhage, right? How <laughs> 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 Yeah, but this kid, honestly, he's got talent. He's five. He's won against Hamilton by two laps. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a machine. Yeah, he's a young star, Cameron Doubts. I truly believe that this kid's going to go far. I mean, he raced in PCF1 earlier on in the year and really impressed. was on the precipice of a podium as well at Spa to surprised everybody at PSGL and became a fan favorite instantly. He has since moved back to PSF1 and he's taken two wins on the bounce now and looks like he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm actually eyeing him and Otis Lawrence to be the F1 eSports stars of the future. So uh, be sure to keep your eyes on those two. Uh, other news as well, Francesco Bertani is the PSGL GT7 Porsche Fest champion after uh, coming home fourth yesterday as well. And other big news as well, Tom, Super Formula is coming to PSGL as well. Oh, nice. That is very exciting. I, I'm really enjoying how WOR and PSGL are kind of broadening the, the the racing that they have on offer. And I love how 
they've essentially kind of democratized the process of building towards an esports career, which, you know, th- there's, a, there's a lot of responsibility, you know, th- that sits with Connor, Luke and their, their respective teams um, in both of those leagues. Yeah, oh, it's huge. Uh, I mean, uh, as well, WR doing some incredible things. The the team events uh, have been great. They've sort of been nurturing the competitive community teams too. Um, so we're seeing now the announcements from WR around Legacy Division, which is now coming back, and uh, they're pushing that. Uh, that announcement of the calendar was made yesterday, um, which you can find on their on their respective um, pages on on X. Uh, PSGL themselves are on the final round. Uh, they, they, at this point, it would have been um, obviously earlier on this week that they would have had the the finale of uh, PSGLE series, which is fantastic. The response to that has been great. Ferrari Esports took that championship, but these are the the major teams that you would expect to see in F1 Esports introducing themselves as their team in league competition, yeah. which I think is fantastic. It it sort of you know validates those organisations, you know those leagues and. And sort of highlights them as well because we've got the likes of Veloce as well who put teams in, and and also Williams as well. So you know that that's that's massive because you see these teams, you know, obviously competing in the F1 Esports Championship and and obviously the ESL R1 Championship in modern times. Yeah, I, I love it. It's um and it's it's totally deserved as well. Like the guys that that run these leagues, they put thousands and thousands of hours and passion. Um, into these projects and, and watching them grow over the last few years has been fantastic. And to see the big names turning up to league racing, community league racing, I think it's a bit of a, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like an inflection point in sim racing to see that the large brands are seeing the power of community racing. And I'm going to say supporting it rather than trying to kind of, you know, exploit the the, the situation. I, I feel it feels to me, like a very supportive action rather than a kind of like, well, okay, if if this is where all the viewership is, so we need to get there for our viewership. It, it feels like it's more of a, a nurturing process. Oh, they're, they're passionate about the game. And I think that's what's important. I think that they're just trying to, you know, elevate the scene. Uh, I mean, obviously one you know, on one level, elevate themselves as, you know, as leagues, but also at the same time, they know how important it is that the wider community is working together, you know, so, and that goes for the actual game in itself as well. You know, they, they contribute a lot of what they find, whether it be issues with the games or, or anything, they, they send that across to the developers. Um, so they have like a direct line with EA Sports F1 and, you know, various others, you know, to, to obviously air their thoughts and, you know, if there's any problems, they, they, they always highlight it. There's actually a really... Uh, refreshed outlook I, I think on communication between leagues and esports in comparison to when i remember it being back in you know mm-hmm. 20 17 18 19 you know i think since we've sort of grown as leagues and now we're seeing psgl get viewership for the for the pcf1 championship Bahrain we recorded i think just over two hundred thousand viewers um which was unbelievable um, which is competing with your you know with, with with your f1 esports you know championship so there's more eyes on the product than ever and it's growing all the time and uh, mm. very soon i wouldn't be surprised if we if we hit a quarter of a million uh, this coming year just just to to give the viewers a little bit of scale that's over 10 times as much that the official uh, sro for real life racing gets it's madness <laughs> So that's crazy. That's, isn't it? that's mad. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. It's impressive. It's impressive what they're building. Well, uh, George Random, thank you so much for uh, joining us this this week. Um, and obviously, we'll be we'll be doing this 
every week from now on, a little roundup of general gaming news or general sim racing gaming news and esports and league racing with uh, the newly appointed Sim Sunday's co-host, George Morgan. Thank you for joining me um, and enjoy the interview with Alessio Cipollari of AK Esports. See you guys next week. Alessio, busiest man in sim racing. How are you, sir? Hi, Tom. I'm very, very good. Thank you. Thank you. How has your year been? Another, another quiet one. Yeah, let's say that it's not uh, yet finished. So let's see. <laughs> still, still, uh, still a lot to work. Uh, end of year balance, putting everything together what we did, and it's always huge the amount of work we had this this year. But every year is the same. So uh, you start uh, you start a new year thinking, oh, let's see what project I can I can I can complete. Uh, what new customer I can I can have? But at the end of the year, you have so many stuff. Mm. And, uh, happy, obviously. I'm not saying I'm not, but uh, sometimes it's challenging. So yeah, everyone is 24 hours. So it's not it's not easy. So let's say this year was a very impressive year in terms of. Uh, what we managed to achieve uh, in different continents, not just in Europe and Italy. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been incredibly impressive to to watch. Um, you know, we met uh, a few years ago and I've been watching AK Esports and AK Informatica and, um, you know, the, the, the other, you, you know, because you, there's, there's three or four businesses that you kind of seem to run all at once. I have no idea how you do it, but there isn't much going on in the world of sim racing that you don't, play a part in that you seem to have some role in basically everything that i see and obviously the the, the big i don't know if you would consider it a headline but for me I, I would probably see as one of the biggest things you guys did this year was the sro esports series following uh the endurance series around europe setting up the fanatec arena and running the sro uh pro and sim pro series yeah let's see that is probably the um, the most challenging in terms mm. of art in terms of um uh man work in terms of uh, also our effort globally because it's uh, it's not just something we make for someone else. It's a project we developed back from, I think, the first discussion about this kind of series uh, started in 2017, even before the game was even allowed. And uh, so it's sort of my baby. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I don't care about uh, business plan and so on. So. Yeah, it was uh, huge. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy. You were also involved, so we, we, we have few time to meet on site because the, the, everyone was super busy on site to manage everything. And uh, you say, right, we, we make a lot of stuff around hmm. uh, sport, especially sim racing. So if we don't organize, uh, we rent equipment. If we don't rent equipment, we have stuff in it. Uh, otherwise, we support publisher or organizer. So. Uh, even in Italy, that where we started our business, uh, we we act like this. Uh, even working for our competitors, because in my opinion, I I don't have competitors. I don't want competitors. For me, always has been partnership or finding a spot in the market. The market is not that big that yeah. we can have competitors right now. So the the effort that everyone should have is basically to grow the business together, because it's still small. Yeah. Even compared to the esport globally, not just globally about business and business uh-huh. i mean globally it's a need to grow and yeah. uh, if we start with competition it's not a good thing 
So I always had that approach. Not always was good, because I must tell you, uh, sometimes some partnership went good, sometimes not. So it's a process where you learn uh, lessons, and the next time you don't do the same mistakes. You know? Yeah, uh, you you make mistakes to improve yourself. So I mean, uh, it's uh, it has been a great opportunity for sure, uh, developing this. Uh, enormous project and uh, have also to tell you that uh, it's the first time in the world that the eSport competition become also mixed together with the real one. Uh, in the, probably thanks also for the sim racing that is the only eSport that actually hacked like the real sport because there is no mm. other kind of uh, eSport that is doing like this. So yeah. you know, even football or uh, NBA or whatever it is, you don't hack the same. So it's a kind of easiest way to integrate itself. But it was still a crazy idea that uh, we had to do something together, obviously thanks to Pilotech and SRO, where we, we are a part of it. Obviously. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I, I really want, I want to go back to the start. I want to, I want to find out how, what it was within you that led you to, to go down this path and what inspired you to build this, this esports sim racing empire, right? But just for context for, for those who perhaps um, don't know, uh, if you haven't heard of Alessio or you haven't heard of AK Esports, you, you're very much a facilitator, right? So the brand at these events tends to be secondary. It's the Fanatec Arena at the SRO. It, you know, AK Esports is there doing the business, making it happen, but it's maybe less visible, so people might not realize. But it would be just for the benefit of those people listening to the podcast now so that we can see where you've got to when we go back to the beginning. What you put on in the paddock at the SRO um, events is insane. There's a so I sat down in the esports arena, uh, which has 30, 30 Fanatec rigs uh, in it with a stage and a screen at the front. You have multiple events going across the weekend. You have the um, the Sim Pro Series, the uh, Sim Series, where, where essentially drivers can win points for the real world championship by sim racing right so so the the achievement here isn't just the physical creation of this arena inside the the paddock at monza uh, i'm not gonna get the order right here but i think it's monza paul ricard spa wow. nurburgring barcelona like so i went to every single one and it was insane and it was it was kind of interesting right because it was kind of this little microcosm inside the paddock that was the same regardless of which paddock so You'd sit in there, and from where you were sat, you wouldn't know if you were in Nurburgring, Spa, Barcelona, which was kind of a, it was a, it was a really cool feeling. It gave us this sense of it was like the sim racing community kind of porting itself around virtually. But then you go out the doors of the esports arena, and you're at a different track. I, I I loved the experience, and there was a point. I think it might have been at, at Spa, um, where obviously you do, it was during the Spa 24 hours, and the race happened as the sun went down. So this was probably one of the most popular, right? So all of the seats in the arena were taken. People were were, were standing, were packing out the the between the, the back row of seats and the door. It was absolutely packed with people stood up. And then there were even people stood outside looking in through the window to watch this event, right? And I remember sitting down to watch the race and it was light outside. And then we watched the race and the race went from light to dark. And as the race went from light to dark, I turned around and outside it's dark. And it was just this perfect fusion of sim racing and motorsport and you could just about hear over the sound of the speakers the sound of the real cars 
going around the track, it, you couldn't have felt any more connected with motorsport and sim racing than being sat in that arena. Now, what I'd love to do is find out how long it took in years for your idea, your vision of AK Esports to go from nothing to that incredible event. Well, it's uh, it's a long journey. Uh, let's say we started, I start from the beginning. Let me start from the very beginning. It was 2009 when we opened the first the first uh, gaming store in Italy because uh, AK uh, was born in 2004, even if the other company I had before was 2001. So, uh, well, long, long time working in IT especially. So we were dealing with computer, producing computers. So AK, the main business for AK is building computer and selling hardware. But uh, after 2009, we decided to, I decided to open a gaming shop because I was the worst customer ever for everyone. Because I wanted now everything was uh, <laughs> new, like new video card, the new TDFX, mm. uh, whatever it is. I don't remember at the time was what's on the market. And I said, Amazon was not yet. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I need something that people like me would love to have, like uh, the new video card the day on the release. Gaming computers, even if it was the first one, like, you know, Cooler Master with the first uh, gaming uh, chassis with uh, not yet LED, but with the mm -hmm. own... The RGB uh, was coming. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was still assembling those kind of computers. And to, let's say, improve our marketing strategy, I decided to put uh, a simulator inside the store. It was one of the first simulators we had. And uh, open just after a bit uh, gaming area inside the game in the store. We were the first store in Italy where with the integrated esports center. I, I think we were few in Europe globally. It was a crazy stuff. I mean, no one was understanding mm. what we were doing, but I, I knew very well. So we, we started organizing tournaments inside the stores and uh, working with the first influencers. Uh, I was still new, like YouTubers, uh, and so we met the, the biggest YouTubers at that time. That now are still the biggest in not just in in uh, in Italy, but even the world, like uh, Kabilame or other uh, friends. No, so we grew together, and we developed this kind of new uh, influencer marketing, uh, creating gaming PCs for uh, those guys that were promoting us, uh, and and growing together, and. I, remember, I don't remember the year, but uh, Kunos was uh, about to release the new Assetto Corsa, and we had a sort of activity with NVIDIA, where different stores inside uh, the country was having like a sort of a, a tournament. I think the game was still in alpha or beta or something like that, and we participated in it. And uh, then it was a funny story, because the first time I met Marco Vassaruto and Kunos, uh, I was not invited to the launch of the game, but... <laughs> Uh, one of my friends that now is uh, the game, the game, the um, uh, designer, sorry, the, the game developer. The, I, I don't remember the, the job title of David Brivio, but uh, he was a YouTuber. The first one of the first YouTuber we worked with, and he was a YouTuber before going to Sparco and then to Kuros. I was, a, we, we were friends. No, so I said, David, can I can I come to with you? I will act like a cameraman or something like that. <laughs> Even if I was not good at all, just so, carry his bag. So we went together. <laughs> I had been part of the release of the game. I had the chance to to, to meet Marco, Aris, uh, Stefano, and all the others, and I felt in love with the the mm. Marvel. We had then Milan Games Week, Luca. Then we started, uh, let's say, interact together directly with Kuros. 
which is wow, one of the, my biggest part. So mm-hmm. AKA couldn't exist uh, like this uh, without Kunos for sure. I have to thank Marco and uh, all the guys working in Kunos because we developed something together, exciting. And I hope also that we, we, we had some part on uh, what they did also. And basically we, we then have the chance to develop our activity through uh, in the paddocks directly with the customers we had, Exomara Racing. I don't know if you can see the, the, the Ferrari wing we have uh, behind. It was uh, from the team when they won the Italian championship and they gave me as a, a, a kind gift uh, signer with the, with the drivers. It's very because cool. at that time I was just selling computers to them. Uh, but I said, guys, look, we, we can do this exchange. I give you computers and support, but let, let's do something together because I want to bring simulator in the paddocks. I'm sure mm. people will love it. Then we started bringing a simulator on site. Then we created like sort of competition and we showed Wachi Sport, which is the local ASN, like uh, ACO Motorsport UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to create a championship. Then the next year, and I think it was 2017, I proposed, uh, we had a conversation with, um, with Porsche in Italy because they wanted to run simulator. And uh, I remember Sparco just released the new uh, cockpit that was designed and developed also with David Brivio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still, there was a spark. <laughs> Lot of connection. Yeah, it's yeah. Small, small sim racing yeah. world. And th- they basically wanted to rent simulator. And I said, no, to Valentina Albanese, which is the head of motorsport in there, unfortunately. Uh, she, she was also a super good driver in TCR. And I said, Valentina, look, let's do it like this. Uh, I don't want to rent you the simulator, but let's make a championship in your hospitality parallel to the real world, like mm. what we do now with SRO. And the idea was super good that she, she said immediately yes, and we give us a prize, uh, the last race of the year, to the winner. We got lucky that the first year Enzo Bonito won. He was also a good driver yeah. uh, because I must tell you that in three weeks, having the, cha- the challenge to uh, make the license to the driver, so all the courses, that's for the license and putting him on the car because at yeah. the beginning I didn't realize she wanted to make them drive. Mm. I was expecting like as a two seater to, to have the race, not not for sure racing in the yeah in a few times. But we make it. Uh, in the same time, uh we were dealing uh with Kunos uh and SRO uh to make the first uh, activity with the ACC. Uh, we had in spa and spa uh, I agree with you as uh special environment so oh, it's magic uh, it's yeah it's magic that's why we started in the spa with pirelli to have this kind of outlatch competition when still and so when Ito won we had the coming flout soccer and um i don't remember the name of the other guy but you know the the, the fastest driver always mm-hmm. was the same you know, at that time so i i had a straight crazy idea to tell marco marco let's do it like this uh, and together with davide uh, say let's propose to SRO to have a, a championship around the end of year. So we will find a way to bring the simulators, uh, all the equipment side side to side. Uh, the, the, there was no budget, so no. everyone was putting his own effort. Like SRO yeah. space, yeah, we were bringing all the equipment and, and the, the, the the production. Um, we had the RC, the Sparco, Transmaster, Fanatec helping round by round. So we changed it. All the cockpit every time, assembling uh, in Nurburgring, we we hosted the race in the box, uh, in spa on the rooftop with the so loud environment that is oh my goodness, an edge. 
<laughs> put a car inside the helm of the, yeah. of the pit building. And let's say we proved that it was a good idea. Uh, we had immediately a lot of people uh, playing. We had three series together, the pro uh, on invites, then we have the silver uh, qualified online, and then the AM, they were qualified on site. Um, we, we, we had a lot of people coming every round to qualify for the final. We had uh, like Nils, uh, David Tonitsa, uh, Amos, and many other fastest drivers. And after that, obviously, the next step would be increase that. Then a COVID happened. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, in parallel, um, had another crazy idea that was texting to a message to a Ferrari guy that you know was in CC in an email with the Kunos just to sell a computer for a Milan um, a Ferrari store. And I asked Marco, Marco, look, can I ask that guy uh, if I can meet him because I have a couple of ideas that probably Ferrari would be interested. And boom, in one year, <laughs> we, we we was in charge to create the team. Uh, to create the Ferrari Sport Series, and uh, and that's the start. And we, we we won the F1 Sport Championship with David, and uh, an incredible team with Amos, with Stefano, with everyone. Uh, it, was, it was not easy, I must tell you, because it's not like now that mm. everything already set is clear. Uh, to to make a company like like the Ferrari working in that field work was not easy at all. But uh, I was happy. I'm still happy. It's still one of my biggest achievements. I must uh, I must say, and. So let's say during COVID time, it was hard. Uh, I mean, we, we needed to change completely our business model, but like everyone. Yeah. We got lucky because in the meantime, uh, working with the Ferrari, Porsche, Cerro and everyone, we had the chance to, to make a couple of a charity challenge. Uh, the first one was made with a Cerro, where we had like a lot of real drivers competing in. And uh, it was insane. We had Jason Button and uh, many other F1 drivers. It was crazy, and um, everything boom when, especially F1 Esport, went to make these uh, celebrity races. And uh, uh, it's a funny story when we we needed to let's say equip Charles Leclerc, uh, his brother, and other uh, with equipment because obviously it was locked down. But my mm. as computer business, I, I could travel. Yeah. So basically, in two days, we we brought a simulator to Charles setting up his Twitch channel because I said <laughs> probably it would be fun to have also the, the live stream on that. And uh, I couldn't expect uh, that success that he has during live stream. I know he's a genuine guy. He's super mm. funny. And uh, I love him. Basically, it's uh, it's insane the thing he can do, not just in the car, but also in the simulator. And he was training a lot. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I remember you can ask also all the, all my guys. We were basically in Discord every hour of the day uh, with him, with Valentino Rossi, with uh, many other F1 drivers, even with NBA players that were connecting also to have these races. We made one super big in the Sky with Sky TV in Italy, also broadcasted in Twitch in different region. They all star racing night. Uh, so we also developed technology at that time because we it was not easy. Uh, mm. To make this kind of uh, streaming now, it's use uh, yeah. everyone use a virtual studio or more connection and the eye, Dante, blah blah blah. But at that time, no one was using, mm. especially uh, you. You could basically not buy anything because every everything was sold out. No, so we created this kind of new technology that even now some of the television production are using because are let's say quickest, easiest, uh, and cheapest, uh, especially. So. Um, we 
we've been in contact with many VIPs, with, with, with the service provider also for F1, for an activity they did with the Heineken, uh, shipping simulator, remote connection. So we, we develop a lot of skills. So every time we have the chance to do something, it's not just because someone else pay us and then we did it, but we try to increase our um, know-how and mm. especially the, uh, the, let's say, all the skills that we will use for other activity. This is our, let's say, business model globally. Just after COVID, we, we, we got lucky also that Fanatec decided to be title sponsor, of not just for the eSport, mm, but yeah. globally for the entire series of the, at uh, the time it was the Blind Pain GT series and now it become the Fanatec GT World Challenge. And um, yeah, in a few months, I remember with Anthony Koma, we we had like uh, three months to put everything together, to source the um, supplier for the tent, to design it, to realize it, to put uh, all the simulators together. And us with Fanatec, they they've been here like two two three weeks to put everything together. Uh, it's uh it's an incredible thing we made, and I still remember that it was 2021, so still in lockdown. Yeah, everything. The first race in, in uh, it was. Uh, in, uh, in Monza, I was uh, still in lockdown and uh, it was not easy, but it was a great success. Difficult situation was to uh, manage the teams to believe in the project. Mm. Because you can imagine you are a team manager, a real team, you now have to compete in eSport and maybe you, uh, you don't have interest or you don't know it. So basically you maybe misjudge it because you don't know, when you don't know something, the risk is you misjudge it. So we, we had the first year where we had the chance to um, to give them also this new tool. Because if some of the team did it, some other not, but it's also a tool that can use for marketing and promotion of the team mm. itself, not just for training. Because the drivers were already uh, contacted by Kunos to develop the game. Because during the process of the, developing the game, they were in contact with different teams, uh, to have feedback from the driver, feedback from the team, feedback from Pirelli, another thing so year two was easier and the year three was a success where basically i pushed personally to have the simple series because i said look f1 is still not doing anything in land no one is doing land we love to do land i love to have community on site mm. so i believe that the community need also to have our own site activity not just in this kind of venue but also sim centers esports centers i have sim, uh, sim center and esports centers, so i know very well I also promote it as a way for uh, make uh, social contact with real people. And it's a huge opportunity. Mm. And I think it was successful. We, we still need to improve some of the situation. The budget is obviously uh, <laughs> need to be taken care. So we, we cannot like uh, spread money everywhere. So we need to be more. Uh, so we, we don't have Arabian money. <laughs> Let's go like this. <laughs> we, we have yeah. to. At the end of the year, the, the balance needs to be that over mm -hmm. here because otherwise a season two will be difficult to have it. Uh, you know, we are living in a market where actually you have to see if a business is something where people is wasting money mm -hmm. just for visibility or is an actual business because something sometimes is a, is, a, is a problem with this sport because it changed the level, but with no business related. I, I, I don't want to mention some of them, but you, you can. Yeah. Finish. Yeah, yeah, and uh, even if it's a good, it's a good thing. But when it's too much, 
and there is no actually business model behind. I'm still worried because otherwise we, we need to try to follow, but it's kind of impossible. I'm uh, more pragmatic, so I want to do things that can be we done and we everyone is uh, is happy to do it. Mm. Not that some some of the partners are unhappy. So. And then basically we are here, we, we have our AK UK just announced it. That basically is a licensed company run by Mikeo uh, and, and Steve. So it, is a, it was a good thing we, need, we needed to do, especially after Brexit. It's not easy to work <laughs> yeah. in <the> with the <laughs> Apologies with the again. <laughs> I mean, every, every issue has got uh, an opportunity. Mm. Like we had an issue with the esports regulation in Italy with the government. I'm, I'm still in court so with some of I them. remember you telling me about and, that. And now I took the, the good side where I'm also a consultant. So me and my lawyers created the first esports laws for San Marino. And the, the law project that's now in the Italian parliament is something that I put consultants here. So I'm, I'm happy for that. So, you know. For an entrepreneur, the thing you have to do, uh, the bad thing, you need to turn in a good thing, like we did in uh, during COVID. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. you're better to change job and uh, do, do do something else. And uh, yeah, I think I talk too much, but uh, no. <laughs> I, I try to condense our story, <laughs> keeping the not important stuff. But uh, it has been a story made of connection and people. Some yeah. of them are always the same because I, when I trust people and I work with someone, for me, is is like mm. brothers, and uh, yeah. for me, it's uh, more important the relationship with people than the business itself. Probably because I'm the business owner of all my companies, uh, or even if I have partners, I, I let's say I control them, and so I can decide whatever I want, even if it's not profitable. So it's so personal because you know. Businesses work with each other, and, and you see a partnership, and you think, "Oh, it's this, it's this, this group is now working with this group. Their logo is seen next to their logo." But actually, on the face of it, it tends to be a very small number of individuals who have built up a very personal relationship of trust in order for that partnership to work. Like whenever I'm in the paddock, you're always around the key people that you're that you're providing value to through through AK Esports, and they're providing value to you either through you know, licensing of the game or, or or space in the paddock or whatever it happens to be. Um, so yeah, no, it's super it's super important, and it's it's something that I think I picked out of that that summary. And by the way, I think for ten years of you know more than ten years, twenty years of of pa- twenty two years of passion and hard work i think condensing that to 10 minutes is pretty impressive um but something i picked out of that is that you were always working and creating in a market that didn't quite exist yet it was always like you were you were you know the, the, the classic thing is a business is 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 offering a solution to a problem but actually a lot of the time the, the problem was hard to see by most because you're always operating on the the frontier almost past the frontier you know you're, you're operating in a market that most of the time didn't exist and, and perhaps now sro and f1 esports is kind of the culmination of that where you've been thinking at this level the market has been catching up and in about 22 23 is where those the, the ambition and vision that you've that you've been building has um, been caught up by the market the demand for it what was that like in the early days did you have a sense of i'm taking a gamble here i'm building up a world of expertise and a world of assets 
that I believe will be incredibly valuable in 10 years time, but nobody has a crystal ball. So I'm, I'm, I'm gambling purely on my own intuition and assumptions. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a gamble, but yeah, you you you're right. So I love to do something that has not been done yet. Uh, I I get bored very very quickly. So when something is uh, is done the same way one time, two time, uh, I don't I don't have interest. Mm. So uh, I prefer myself to put challenge on me because it keeps me alive, it keeps me interested, and I love to develop new stuff. Uh, if I could choose what what is my real job, would be just uh, developing ideas and someone else doing. So mm. this is my dream for the future, uh, because obviously uh, I'm now 43 years old. Uh, my my obviously it's uh, I, I'm not 20 years old anymore, so I want to change a little bit that uh, gamble is uh, is not the real world, because obviously when we decide something, we I'm quite sure that will be good. The only thing you don't know exactly when the market reach your uh, idea. So sometimes other people make the money and I, let's say, create the path. Mm. Um, sometimes you are lucky and you live maybe in USA and you have like a huge investor and you boo uh, because uh, it's, uh, it's the way the things happen in the USA, for example. Uh, like if uh, Elon Musk... Uh, was born in Italy, probably it would, it would be working like me, like because you cannot boom mm-hmm. like that. And that's why we are opening the new OK USA because we, we believe also in the future we'll be developing something in America and not just uh, about esports and gaming, but utilizing esports and gaming for other purposes that uh, I cannot disclose too much, but uh, it's something that I believe would be the next step. Uh, like you were saying before, I need to create something new because otherwise everyone is doing tournament, everyone is doing uh, with uh, uh, automotive brand. Some of them, uh, I didn't want to work anymore because I had new projects. So uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, for an entrepreneur is uh, is common. I say, if you are a good uh, businessman, you always need to find something new. Mm. Because the market right now is uh, quick. Mm. It's not like 20 years ago. Uh, before you, someone gets you, it takes time. Now, especially yeah. with AI, I can analyze it. everyone. I can mm-hmm. check the business model of everyone. I can put data, I can copy, I can do it better. I can find other investor to... It's not the 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 thing I want to do. I want to be, be proud of what I do. I want to find the resources to continue to grow. Uh, to give business also to my employees and to my partners because we are a family, first of all. We are not just a company. And this is probably the, the difference that we have in Italy where most of the companies are small uh, business uh, owned by uh, families, uh, not like in uh, British American market where are corporation or investors. Mm. Italy is difficult that you find investor in companies. Normally are owned by family. If you think like... Uh, Yelly family with the Fiat, then you have the Barilla family, you have a Ferrero family. Even the biggest industry in Italy are owned by some. Mm. Then when they give, they become multinational, then they need to go to the market to, to raise funds. But we have this kind of a uh, way to do stuff. And uh, I, I am proud. And I want, I, I, my wish is that my format in US will be successful. 
So for me personally, my next step is uh, the new approach to US market. Uh, we will have a big partner there and uh, I, I, can't, I cannot wait to announce everything we are doing there because uh, uh, and it's, it's something that make me, let's say, happy. You can see from mm -hmm. my spot. So uh, in, in Europe, I'm not saying that the market has reached the cap, but more or less, yes. I don't mm. expect uh, too much grow of the business uh, from what we have right now. The opposite. I think now eSport is suffering a bit. So I'm moving more of my business on gaming rather than eSport. I'm working with one big retail group, it's MediaMarkt, so it's one of, I think it's the biggest in Europe. And uh, I put my effort and uh, know-how that we had in the past 20 years of selling things to super geek guys to a big company that maybe need my help. And uh, I'd love to work with them. We realized crazy project the past two years. And uh, this is the thing I, I think in Europe would grow. But in terms of a pro esports competition, I don't know. I, I don't think uh, we will see a growth in the, in the short term. We have this debate on the podcast all the time, and I have continually said that I believe that sim racing is about participation. I think the gaming, the 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 opportunities for the gaming market far outweigh the opportunities for the esports market. Now, esports is great; it's good to have an example of something you can see to perhaps aspire to in terms of talent and and have those heroes. But the issue with with sim racing is that you're always being compared to motorsport because it's a simulation so if you have a choice of watching one or the other you're likely to go and watch motorsport rather than sim racing but most people can't afford to go and actually partake in motorsport and so sim racing is a perfect alternative in terms of participation and community building you know it's something that that, that we're doing at Gridfinder is how do we empower all stakeholders within a community not just the drivers but the league owners the livery designers the coaches the engineers the broadcasters the commentators the stewards how do you give them tools where they can feed into stuff so I, to I totally agree I think um, a lot of people confuse esports and gaming and they say them as if it's the same thing whereas they are totally different concepts totally different markets totally different um ethoses but um it, i think if there's one thing that's come across so far is that you have a, a huge amount of ambition you have an addiction to building you have projects going on all the time how do you keep sane i i so i follow you on um instagram and i i see that you you post a lot when you're in the gym which is something i can relate to i think without the gym i'd have gone mad by now um it, what tech what methods and techniques do you have to keep sane and balanced and level when you've got so much going on so many fires to put out all the time yeah let's say that the biggest problem business manager has right now is that you don't have time to think because basically mm. you have emails, you have WhatsApp, you have Discord, especially if you're working gaming, you have too many <laughs> yeah. communication, people entering your office. So some of the time I realized, especially two years ago, I realized that I, I don't have time to think. Mm. All my decisions are taken like this immediately without even thinking. And I needed to change this, uh, especially because also I needed to change also myself. So I needed to take uh, very big decision on the company 
on agreement with new brands or old brands. And so I decided to to go into this path. And yeah, you say, right, I'm posting more uh, gym stuff than actually what I do for work because, uh, I mean, the company is posting what I do for work. So what yeah. I want to uh, try to, to do is also inspire other people. And I did it because basically my brother, Minia, my friends, they, they, they started my same path. I was probably uh, drinking too much, eating too much, not working enough, and I tried to find excuses mm. all the time. So what I did is basically change my schedule. And what I have to do every day is do training. No matter what, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling sorry if I have to say to a customer that, oh, no, sorry, at that time I cannot because I'm at the gym. Mm-hmm. It's not something bad. This is my thinking room. When I am at the gym, I have the time to think on new project. I write notes. I take audio notes. So I work more when I'm doing training than mm-hmm. when I'm in office in terms of efficiency. And the side effect was that I lost like almost 40 kilos. Now I'm super fit. Wow. I can run for hours. And you can ask Otko, also my mate, Mike Yo, and when we are together, mm-hmm. the first thing we, we, we do is basically <laughs> go out for a run, no matter what. So I we saw him. We were in London like last week. First thing we did a run over the Thames uh, to the big man and back. <laughs> was the, th- the first thing I was planning. Yeah. Everywhere I go, the first thing I plan is where I can train myself, where I can do running, and such a thing. It's also a way to um, clear your mind. Mm. You know, even when you have stressful situation, you have to really stay stay around to, to, to stay focused on many stuff. Uh, if you don't do this, you lose your mind, or you 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 become nervous. You answer in a bad way to people and. Uh, a lot of people realize that I change a lot in the last two years. And uh, I don't know if you could or not, but I believe yes, uh, in a good way. I don't feel uh, panic. I don't panic anymore. I don't have uh, uh, to, to to rush on decision because when I decide something, I already took my decision because I had time to take it. And this is a, a suggestion for everyone because this world is bringing us not to have time to think. Mm. And the most precious thing you can have right now is time. It's not money, it's not assets, it's not business, it's time. Mm. Time is not something you can buy. And the more you can save for yourself and for your family, because I have a family with two girls, 14 and 12 years old, and they're gamers. So I'm paying them <laughs> as a gamer because I'm using gaming and technology as a part of the, uh, their uh, teaching. You no, know, because uh, esport can. And gaming can teach you something that uh, nothing else can do, uh, especially like uh, some soft skills and uh, even um, the, the skills you can have with social media, if you do it in a, in a good way, can become a word. Mm. Because basically yeah. 90% of my employees, I didn't pick them from university or because they sent me a CV. They are gamers, most of them. Mm-hmm. The funny story is uh, with Joelle that now is uh, our head of project management. Uh, and it was a guy that I met in an exhibition, in the comics exhibition. He was there and he asked if he can uh, do something, like uh, helping with computers. And I said, okay, you can come to look at comics and games at that time. And I was looking for someone uh, to work in the purchase office. Obviously, AK purchase office is some something that you have by gaming stuff. So you mm-hmm. need to be a gamer. I cannot take someone from a big company. Yeah. Otherwise, 
probably he can have good discount, but he don't know. He doesn't <laughs> know anything about what to buy. The funny story was that he came to Luca with a uh, uh, RV because there is no space uh, hotels. And uh, he told me, yeah, yeah, I can come, but uh, I am here with the RV. I said, no problem. You can come with the RV in the key and then we will find a house for you. And uh, it happened. And uh, he started working with us. Uh, Christian, which is uh, one of the our technician for the sport uh, activities. Uh, he was a YouTuber working with us. Uh, was proposing AK to, to do activity all the time, propositive, so proposing stuff. Then he started working with us. He came to AK also. So everything happened mm. like this from gamer. And now that I have to manage all these guys, the, the, the change I did also in the past two years, thanks also to the gym and the training, is that going from a control position that I was always taking because I needed to check everyone and everything to another position of give uh, the the chance to people to prove they can manage themselves. Mm -hmm. So I realized also that people can do mistakes and uh, things can go wrong regardless of what you can do and you are not here forever. So I, I needed to accept this. I did it. So I was like, this year, basically, you, you probably saw me very relaxed in the arena, but the past years was not like this. I was mm. like jumping from side to side, screaming or doing like this. So <laughs> now I was just sitting, relaxing. Something was not working. Then we, we discussed after uh, the activity. So uh, it was a good up upgrade for sure for my guys. I hope it is, at least. And uh, yeah, let's say I have to thank for sure all the training I did and uh, all the mindset I put in my mind. Uh, obviously, you can see in social media now the the training, nutrition, mm -hmm. something that is very big. Uh, also, nutrition is another thing. I I changed completely, going to more natural stuff. Uh, I start, uh, I don't eat that much meat in the red house. So I'm more on to fish at least. Uh, and it's good. I mean, I feel good. I don't feel pain in any in any situation. So it's it's good. I can't well, suggest for everyone this change. A hundred percent. I I totally agree. Um, I was fortunate that I'd been in the navy for ten years, and so exercise was basically mandated. Right. I didn't really have a choice. Um, but then when I left the the military and I first started Gridfinder, and I was sat at the kitchen table on wicks building for. 14 hours a day just sat there sedentary i started to feel like down and low energy and i was like, i'm not used to this i'm used to feeling like go 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 and i realized thinking back like what have i changed in my life and it wasn't the fact that i was out of the military and not wearing a uniform and blah, blah. it was exercise like, exercise <clears throat> makes such a huge difference and it's kind of interesting how most people would consider going to the gym going for a run as time off but when you're a, a founder or when you, you know anybody in any position in life really taking that time and investing it in self-care so whether that's yoga meditation running weightlifting whatever it is you choose to do it is an investment in in future performance if you choose not to do it because it might seem like the easiest thing and you've got the best excuse in the world i i, I can't go to the gym because i have to work yeah. then it, it's a kind of a catch-22 it's a spiral you don't work and so you work less and then you what your, your performance reduces and so you get more stressed and so you don't want to work out and it kind of spirals down I always think um it's my busiest days where 
getting to the gym makes the biggest difference. So I'll, I'll, I'll at some point, because I usually go to the gym first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh, do you know what? I could really do without this this morning because I'm stressed. I've got loads on today. I just, today of all days, I don't want to go. Force yourself to go. And then as soon as you finish, you're like, thank God I went to the gym today. Today was the best day to go to the gym because now you're full of endorphins. You have this sense of well-being. Everything gets kind of dropped down into perspective and you you tackle the day with a much different mind frame, uh, mindset to just rolling out of bed with that feeling of dread. And then taking that feeling all the way through the day, it's 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 honestly life changing. It's probably the last thing I would drop. It's also because you challenge yourself. Mm. So that when I do training in the morning, same thing. Who wants to wake up five in the morning? <laughs> you know what? But that's yeah. why I heard a lot of stories. Also, Mike Dyson was saying like this, or uh, he, he was saying like I was not going to run four in the morning because I I love it, but the opposite because I didn't want to do it mm. and this is changing a lot so if you do thing when you are in a comfort zone it's not something that give you more so when you go earlier or you go late but you don't have energy or you you expect to run i don't know five kilometers and at four you feel tired is there is that mm-hmm. moment when i push plus yeah. plus plus to go faster <laughs> so when i see that i cannot reach the target i push the limit Mm-hmm. and then try to beat it because otherwise it's too easy to step yeah. back and release so it's uh it's uh, something that can teach you the same thing also in the business it's not just time wasted it's time that you spend in the in the in the in the right way so completely and i did the same past back in time uh when the esport when i was managing the ferrari team with david uh, amos and Joe franco at that time uh i, I always said that's uh there's a there's a statement in the Latin that is mensana in corpore sano, and that means a good a good mind in a healthy body. Mm. So the first thing we did is bringing all of them because we didn't have at that time the facility and nothing. So I brought uh, David Amos and Gianfranco Gigliotti here in my headquarters. They were basically training inside the building, and we were going to run every morning at the park. Then we go to swimming pool and all together because they needed to get fit. To have a perfect body, uh, well, at least to 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 improve better in the situation. I mean, David wants so probably I hope that this helped a bit. But also in the real world, when he started to race this year with the Predator Series, uh, uh, when when he started, he was not fit too much. Then he started training again, and he won the championship flawless. I mean, it was mm. incredible, faster than uh, the others. I'm not saying the training is the only solution, but for sure helps everyone, not just in the body, but especially in the mind. People underestimate the effort, the training as our minds rather than the, the body. I don't care about the muscle, the, the, the thing. I care more what I feel inside my mind. Mm. Yeah, it, it's so true. I find it to be such a balancing, a balancing force. Um, so as an entrepreneur, right? So you, you've created an incredible uh brand aka sports you've done incredible things you've got a a a real great team of like-minded passionate individuals about you and you've got opportunities coming to you because of your reputation and you know your business seems to be sustaining itself and and growing and it's all driven by a passion that feels like the dream scenario for a lot of entrepreneurs who are just starting out now you know, I, I, I will always consider myself like an, an, an amateur entrepreneur, but if there's one thing I've learned in the last three years, it's that one of your primary 
jobs as an entrepreneur, as a founder, is to consciously look for opportunities to learn. You have to learn all the time. You're, you're always going into new spaces, new sectors, new disciplines, whether it's, okay, I need to raise investment or I need to hire somebody or I need to write a contract or I need to work out my marketing. There is always something to learn because starting out, you'll never know all of it. And at any given point, you might have you might have studied marketing five years ago, but today it's basically totally irrelevant, right? You're always learning. Where do you go to learn? Where do you get the source of, of new inspiration and new, new skills even? Let's say in, in, for this, I'm uh, quite lucky. Uh, I work with uh, different universities, not just in, uh, in Italy, but we started also cooperation in the US. And uh, it's funny because I, uh, I just decided, uh, I didn't yet post anything about it, to, uh, to go back to university to follow um, new courses for international business because my oh, wow. background is technical. Mm. And even if I work in business every day, I don't have, let's say, the science, the base behind. So sometimes my decisions are taken just by, by experience, which is important for sure. But I need the opposite, uh, what the base. It's not easy because probably the first exam will be something easy for me or stuff like that. But it's a thing that we, I want to do it. And uh, we work already with the university in the, at different levels. Uh, we create e-sport uh, schools, uh, courses, uh, uh, marketing masters, where I present also our business. I give my uh, advice as an entrepreneur. I own also a business incubator, so I do a lot of uh, this kind of activities uh, uh, for uh, for young generation, uh, especially when I need to give my suggestion of what to do next after school. And let's say that the th the, the thing I didn't realize, especially when I was presenting our business to the students, is that I learn a lot when I present what I do. Mm. Because the the fact you basically tell something is the fact you analyze what you did. Sometimes when I'm talking, even now, I think back to things that probably I needed to do in a different way or so this is good, this is not. Then uh, I have the, the, the chance to ask directly some professor, some expert. I can go directly to a developer, to a uh, marketing manager or a brand. I work with marketing director of many companies. So sometimes I don't have to, to ask, let's say, things of what I need to learn. So most of the the thing I need to research, you know, the web is uh, it's very big. I use a mm -hmm. lot of AI right now. Even if it's not perfect, I find that AI is for sure something we need to include in daily basis activity. Probably I do too much, but I need to do research. And uh, as we said before, I need to find something new all the time. Uh, and even in sim racing, I want to integrate AI somehow, but. Uh, let, let me no spoiler something that maybe I cannot do. So <laughs> we, we did already some activity with the India Autonomous Challenge and I want to say find a way where we can have an interaction. And, but basically what where I learn the most is when I try to do something. So I want to understand how this process is working or uh, this activity, uh, if it's good for uh, increasing engagement or not, someone. I do my own projects, so I, I'm not sending to a brand. I do the AK League, I do the uh, this, and I try it. Mm. I have the eSport Palace or PLB War where we have the eSport Center. Let's try to do this. Then we have the data, we collect data, we do research. I also um, 
support a PhD at the Leon local university. Uh, Martina is studying basically um, the use of gaming and esport uh, in the, in the business of a corporation. Um, not just how companies use esport gaming, but why they should use. What are the process? What are the the, the counter side? Um, and this is the way basically I have my information and my 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 updates. And mm. this is obviously every every work for me, every job is uh, something that gives me uh, additional information. And I'm like a sponge, so I want to learn. I want to learn. I'm super curious, and that's why I told you that I'm super bored when I do the thing two times because I yeah. have no new stimulation. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, me and my co-founder were uh, fortunate enough to go on a, a, a five-month accelerator. So it sounds like an incubator, right? So five-month accelerator where we did four or five sessions a week where we learned about customer personas, analyzing markets, working out how to build an MVP, what UX is, what UI is, like kind of the, the fundamentals of business for five months. And there was a bit of funding there to kind of get us off the off the ground. And now we get invited back to do fireside chats to talk to the guys that are now going through it to see what we learned what we took away from it and where we're at now and which bits we've passed on we're certainly not going back as kind of gurus you know saying this is this is how to build a super successful business because you're always learning but even that process of going back and talking to them and just kind of recapping what you learn or what you took or which bits you've really used out outside you know outside uh the 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 accelerator has been a real like reflection is a really powerful way to gain a deeper understanding of something you already thought you knew and perhaps challenge some assumptions um so yeah the I, i'd love to to hear more about the incubator do you know what? I'm, and i'm listening i know we're, we're we're over time now so i i don't want to take up um any more of your time than, than, than we agreed but i could honestly keep talking for hours and hours and hours we haven't spoken yet about what it takes to to build a physical event all the moving parts the broadcasting the lighting the stage the screen setting up the rigs like there's so much to to learn about sim racing from you and from from ak esports i i feel like we might be up for a, a second episode here and i really want to find out more about the the incubator that you run how you run it and how you apply it to to sim racing and and let's say this has been absolutely fascinating and i honestly could keep going for hours and hours and hours but uh, we're five minutes over time already so thank you so much for for your for your time and i hope you'll come back oh uh, yeah for sure thank you tom and thank you everyone in grid finder will be a good opportunity if we can do an episode two you said right there's a lot of stuff behind and i don't have any problem to to discuss with you or what behind the scene I, I do a lot of time at the incubator because we need new people to work in our business it's not easy the, mm, the yeah most challenging part is find new resources and train them because it's not easy you cannot find them out of the university that's why we use our incubator to create new stuff for our own business and it's a strange incubator we call it the academy with ak we call everything with AK. like it <laughs> also our airbnb it's called ak homes so everything is okay but we basically create we, we have a lot of ideas, as you understood, and we don't have enough people to realize them. So we seed the, and the incubator uh, with people that need to pick up the seed and grow it. Then they, they can become our supplier, they can become our partners, or they do our own business. So this is what we do. And uh, uh, we do something similar you did with the incubator. So I love that people that did an exit, uh, 
uh, created something new, then go back. Uh, I, I believe that brainstorming and this kind of, uh, um, I don't know how you say in English, uh, con con contagion. No? So basically, you when you speak, even if you are not doing the same business or something or someone else, but talking about your business, maybe I can have other ideas for my business, mm, even if yeah. not related. Yeah, yeah. So if different business talks together, sometimes you, you find the best solution because otherwise you stuck in your ideas for a month and you don't realize what other people maybe is really clear because they are on another business. That's why talking and having this kind of exchange is, uh, is really important. And thanks for having me. Uh, we hope to see you around very soon. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Lesio. Ciao.